Well, good morning and welcome all shores. Would you stand with us and join us in singing?
stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. So even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Jesus, King and Messiah, 
our salvation, our great love. Fully God, fully
as your kids, as your, as those that you've saved. And so God, I just, I just thank you for the ways that you pour into us, the ways that you speak to our hearts and minds, God, how it's so personal. And I feel like you're gathering us like to you to just sit at your feet, God, and to like not only just worship you, but just to hear your voice. We're your sheep. You are our shepherd, and you come every time. And God, I just ask that you'd open our hearts and our minds and our bodies, God, to hear the words that you have for each one of us today as we just lean into even one more song, but just even know what you have as Evan just brings it. And I just, I just thank you, God. Thank you for my friends. I thank you for this community that of believers and 
of people searching for you, God. And, and I ask that you'd answer our questions, that you would hear us, that you would come to us, because you do every time. Oh, 
worship team for reminding us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, that when we have ups and we have downs, that he is our stabilizer, and that even when we don't see it, he's working for our good. And so as we go to a time of prayer this morning, if you have something heavy on your heart, maybe you have a burden, maybe you have something that you have need of, I'm just going to ask you to take a seat right where you are so that we can pray for you. We just want you to know that you're not alone. And maybe you are celebrating a great week or a great season. You can take a seat too and let us celebrate with you as we go to a time of prayer. Oh Lord, we are so grateful that you are beautiful. That when our world is up and down and we don't feel the firm foundation under our feet, that we lift our eyes and we look on your face and we're brought back to a place of a firm foundation, that solid rock that you promised us. God, and even when we don't see that you are moving, Lord, we know that you never sleep and you never slumber. Your word tells us that. You are a creator God and you are active. And when we cry out in prayer, when we look up to see your face, you are right there reminding us that you are working all things out for our good, reminding us that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives and reminding us that you're here. And we wanna thank you. We have needs represented in this church today, Lord, and I just pray that you would meet with them, that they would hear your voice, they would know you're close, they'd feel your presence around them, and they'd know they're not alone that you are active and you are moving and you want to answer their prayers. Father, we also want to cry out for uh, Coastal Community Church. Lord, we ask that you would be close to them as well, that, Father, you would meet with their congregation, that you'd pour out your spirit on them, and, Lord, that the kingdom would grow as a result of that ministry. And then we want to thank you, Lord, for Ben and Sharon Ward, who are serving in Asia as our area directors for Global Partners. God, would you meet every need that they have? Would you protect and guide them? Would you lead them as they uh, seek your face, as they ask you for wisdom and discernment? Would you guide? God, we are so grateful that we can gather here this morning. We praise you for those who are celebrating today. Lord, for those who are uh, celebrating healings and answers to prayer, God, we thank you collectively. Lord, we love you. We give this time to you now, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, if you are in the worship center, you may take a seat. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you online, you watchers who maybe are vacationing or uh, busy with some other things. We just are glad that you're here with us. Thanks for being here to worship. And if you are a guest with us, we would love to get to know you, get some information into your hands, and the best way we know to do that is through our connection card. You can access that with your phone camera, the QR code in the seat back in front of you. Uh, we, we won't spam your email, we won't call you a million times, but we would love to get some information to you. And maybe you've been around for a while and you've been coming and you're wondering about how can I get more plugged in? Well, that connection card works both ways. It works for that as well. We have kids camp coming up with Spring Hill Camps in August and we're so excited. All the kiddo spots have been filled. 
but we do have a couple of spots available for volunteers. So if you'd like some information about that, will you also fill that connection card out? And in the comment section at the bottom, just write Spring Hill and we'll get back in touch with you. There's no obligation. It's just to get you some information and see if that might be something that fits in with your schedule. And I just wanna thank you because of your faithful giving, we're actually able to do things like Spring Hill camps for kids and send our students off to camp for a week. And so without your giving, we couldn't do that. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Maybe you'll be traveling this summer and summer's an easy time for us to get behind because people do go away and kind of uh, might forget sometimes to bring in their offerings. You can do that online. I just wanna remind you that it is safe, it is secure, and it is really easy if that might be something you're interested in. If not, and you came prepared to give, we do have boxes on your way out on the walls by the doors. But if you are a guest with us, there is no expectation that you would give. We hope that you meet some great people and that our service is a gift to you. And I'll take a look at the screens for a couple more announcements. Hi, my name is Craig Rochelle. I'm the pastor of Life Church, and one of the great honors of my life is to serve the Global Leadership Network to help build leaders around the world because God used the Global Leadership Summit to actually change my life and leadership. And I just want to talk to you for a minute and tell you if you've forgotten that you are a leader. What is leadership? Leadership is influence, and you have influence. You can influence your family, you can influence your friends, you can influence the people in your church and all around you, and your leadership matters so much. And that's why it is so important for you to invest in your leadership, because we never ever get better by accident. I wanna tell you that attending the Global Leadership Summit on August the 4th and the 5th is one of the best ways to grow in your leadership. We'll provide practical, actionable content from leadership experts from around the world that will help sharpen your leadership. And the good news is, this weekend, we have a great opportunity for you. We want everyone in your congregation to be able to come. And so the GLN has reduced the ticket prices to only $139. Your pastor or your host can provide details, but what I promise you is, when you grow in your leadership, you can make a bigger difference in the lives of the people around you, so let's do it. I'll see you there on August the 4th and the 5th, and we know that everyone wins when the leader gets better. Happy Sunday. Welcome, everybody. Hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. Um, last Sunday, we were not one church in three locations. We were one church in one location. We all gathered here together for our United Sunday. So now we are back in our normal um, run of things. Coopersville's out in Coopersville. Muskegon's out in Muskegon. We're here in Spring Lake. And I just want to welcome all of you who are joining us online from every living room, um, Wherever you're at, at the beach, at a cottage, so excited to be here today. 
And so excited that we get to hang out. We are starting a brand new series today called Conversations with Jesus. And over the next four weeks, we are going to be zeroing in on four different stories from the Gospels, the the written accounts of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And we're just going to be kind of zoning in on who Jesus is, how he treats people, how he interacts with people, hopefully to take from what we see in Scripture and then, and then apply it to our own lives. So I'm excited about that. We'll be in Matthew 9 today. But before we dive into that, we pause every single week to recognize that the same person who we're about to read about, Jesus, in, in, in this passage in Scripture is the same one whose spirit is with us today. And even though I don't know what you're walking in with, I don't know what your week was like, he does. The Holy Spirit does. And, and I believe this with all my heart, that every time we gather together, every time we come together, that God doesn't come empty-handed, that he knows what's going on in your life, and he wants to give you something good today. And so we pause before we dive into scripture every week just so that you would have a moment to silently affirm that whatever God wants to say to you, that you actually want to hear it. And so do that for a moment, and then I'll pray for us. Jesus, we are so thankful that you are here with us, that you don't have somewhere else better to be, that you, that you aren't in a hurry, but that you actually want to spend time with us, that you actually want to speak to us and, and apply your word to our hearts. And so we just pray that you would do that. We pray that you would remove every distraction, that, that you would open up our hearts and open up our minds for the word that you have for us today. God, we pray that you would speak to us, that we'd have the wisdom to hear it and ultimately the courage to obey it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen and amen. Well, I'm so excited to jump in. We are going to be spending the rest of our time together trying to answer one question. Here it is. Here's the big question that we're going to, out of this passage, try to answer. How did Jesus communicate the value that he saw in people? How did Jesus communicate the value that he saw and people. And to answer that question, we're going to be in Matthew 9. We're actually going to be starting in verse 9, but let me just catch you up. Let me give you some context. Jesus has already been baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist, in the Jordan. And the Holy Spirit has come down in the form of a dove and rested on Jesus. And the Father's voice has come out and said, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And and with the Spirit, Jesus was invited to go out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And if you missed, if you missed catching up with us in June, I'd, I'd love for you to go back. All of June, we just came out of a series that, that really was centered in on that called Tempted. So go back and check that out. But Jesus ultimately resists the devil and the devil flees from him. And Jesus comes out of the wilderness and his ministry begins. And he calls his first disciples and he takes them up on a mountain, really kind of just a medium-sized hill. And he starts to teach them the way that he does things. We, we would call it the Sermon on the Mount. 
And then he comes down with his disciples and he starts to do ministry. Miracles start happening left and right. He's healing people. Crowds are starting to form. Jesus just has his first run-in with the religious leaders of his day. And this is where we pick up in verse 9. Things are starting to heat up for Jesus and his disciples. And, and here's where we find him. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed Jesus. And as Jesus sat at the dinner in Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. Now, you do not need to know this about me. You probably don't even want to know this about me. But if you were to come up and ask me this question, which sometimes people do, what superpower do I wish that I would have, it would be to teleport instantly anywhere I want. And it's probably because, thank you, thank you. It's probably because I'm running late most of the time and I wish I could just go from home to work, from work to home, this meeting to that meeting. But as I get this picture of Jesus starting out his ministry, like he is doing so much right now. Things are booming, things are taking off. He's, he's going viral in the, in the ancient world. And I would imagine that Jesus would want to make the most of his time that he would want to line people up and heal as many people as he could or, or go as quickly from one town to another as he can, that he would just want to maximize his time. But the picture that I get of Jesus in this passage is like the people, God bless them, who drive 55 miles an hour in the left-hand side of the highway. Just nowhere to go, nothing to do, you know, just at their own pace, oblivious, of people around them. This is the picture I get of Jesus. Like Jesus isn't interacting with the crowds that are likely following him. He goes to someone that isn't even trying to get his attention. He approaches Matthew at his job and he, and he starts this conversation. Ultimately, Matthew responds to Jesus's call, invites Jesus and all of his friends over to his house. And what do we see Jesus do? See, if I was writing this, I would have said, okay, Jesus is obviously going somewhere. Maybe Matthew and his friends can kind of do like a drive-through dinner, get as much time with him as he can before he leaves for the next town. Or, or if he's going to be at Matthew's house, maybe he's standing up preaching, or maybe he's talking, or maybe he's trying to drill something into them. But here's the picture that we get of Jesus. The word is sit, but the picture that we get is that Jesus is reclining, that he's relaxed. That it's, that it's almost like there's nowhere else that he needs to be. Like he is, he's just happy to be there with Matthew and Cohen. Here's the first thing that you and I can see out of this passage. Remember, we're trying to answer this question. How does Jesus communicate the value that he sees in people? Here's the first one. Jesus slowed down and enjoyed people as they were. Jesus Jesus slowed down and enjoyed people as they were. Here's the crazy thing about this gathering. Unlike other places in the gospel, this passage doesn't give us any indication that Matthew or his friends were repentant 
of what they had done previously. Doesn't give us any indication. They didn't give any money to the poor. They didn't open up their Bibles. They didn't do anything. But Jesus is just happy to hang out with them as they are. It's almost as if he's saying, you don't have to believe first before you belong. And I think that would surprise so many of us about Jesus. And I'll just say this for you. Jesus slows down for you. That for those of us who try to spend time with God daily, we can, we can view it as a task list or as a to-do list or, you know, that Jesus is trying to drill something into us so that we'll be better people for the day. But when we get a picture of what Jesus wants to do with us on a daily, on a daily basis, the picture that we get is of him reclining, of him relaxing, that he just wants to spend time with us. We would call it abiding. So different from what I think you and I would think originally. The problem for us is that most of us don't have time to communicate the value that we see in people. True? Most of us don't even feel like we have time to send a text. Our lives are so full, so busy, so breakneck that we can't see people like Jesus saw people. That we don't walk, we don't recline, we don't have time for people. We'll pick it up in verses 11 and 12. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked Jesus' disciples. They said, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Let me just give you some context. Matthew was a tax collector. It means that he probably was really rich that he had siphoned off a lot of money from the community for himself. And so we can assume that when Matthew invites Jesus and all of his friends over to his house, that Matthew probably would have had a huge open-air window that anyone walking past on the street could see straight into Matthew's living room. And so the Pharisees, which are, which are the religious leaders of the day, like if there was anyone walking the streets who their community would point at them and say, you know what, they probably have, it, have an in with God, It would have been the Pharisees. And so they walk past and see this dinner happening, Jesus eating with these sinners and tax collectors, and they just don't understand. That they have a problem with who Jesus is keeping company with. Because the people who Jesus is spending time with are the exact opposite of them. And I love that it makes this distinction. Like it says there were sinners and then there were tax collectors. Like, and they were totally different. Like, and Matthew was a tax collector. Matthew, come on, we all have that person in our family or extended family. Amen? How many, do I got some Disney Plus fans, some Encanto fans? Like, we don't talk about Bruno, okay? We don't talk about Matthew. Like, Matthew and his friends were that kind of person. And yet, that was exactly the person who Jesus went up to. That was exactly the person who Jesus started a conversation with, who invited them into a relationship. Everyone else had written them off. No one else was saving them a seat at church. Everyone thought that because of the choices that they had made in the life that they had chosen, that there was no way back to God until Jesus gives them a moment to choose for themselves, to choose again. This is the second thing that we see. How did Jesus communicate value, the value that he saw in people? Here's the second one. He suspended judgment for others from others. He suspended judgment for others from others. This is what I find so refreshing about Jesus. 
is that Jesus saw inherent value in every single person. That regardless of their track record, regardless of their church attendance, regardless of of whether the last time that they gave or the last time that they served or whether they're in a group, that Jesus saw inherent value in people like most often the people that his culture would have labeled the least valuable. And some of you need to hear that today. That's the only thing that you need to hear because you can relate to Matthew. And what you need to hear today is that Jesus doesn't put a label on you. He doesn't put you in a box that you're in that group or as an outcast or he doesn't think any less of you. He's not, he's someone who gives you margin from judgments that others have put on you, not who puts on more. Others of you need to, need to reflect and just think about this example that Jesus created margin, that he suspended judgment for this group. Remember, there was nothing that this group did that showed any indication that they had changed their lifestyle, that their hearts have changed. And yet, what does Jesus do with the Pharisees? He says, whoa, 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 whoa. Giving them room, suspending judgment. Last verse, verse 13, here it is. This is what Jesus says to this group. The the Pharisees are standing outside on the street looking in. The sinners and the tax collectors, Jesus and his disciples are, are lounging around. They're reclining. This is what Jesus says. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Sacrifice in Jesus' day wasn't just like giving something up. It was a ritualistic act of killing or sacrificing an animal to atone for someone's sin. It had all of these rules and regulations. It had to be done a certain way. And if you did things the right way, you could expect a certain result, that God would forgive you and bless you. Sacrifices were designed to be fair. Mercy's different. Mercy by its very definition, is not fair. We talk a lot about grace and mercy. Grace is, grace is God giving us what we don't deserve, his forgiveness, his love. Mercy, on the other hand, is God withholding what we do deserve, judgment, punishment. You see, mercy goes beyond fair. The Pharisees wanted justice for these tax collectors and sinners, people who had probably caused some real harm to their community, who had earned their wrath. But what does Jesus do? He offers them mercy instead. And then he says, go and learn what this means. See, I love this progression here. In just a few verses, Jesus comes up to Matthew while he's at work. Matthew wasn't asking for it. And he invites Matthew to receive something, to receive a call to follow him. And Matthew receives it, and then what does he do? He turns right around and he, in, he invites all of the people around him, the people that he cares about, to go and spend some time with Jesus. And they receive that too. See, I love this so much because I think it so beautifully paints a picture for who we believe we are as a church, what we believe our mission is to be. We would say two things. One, that we are radically loving, that first we receive God's radical love for us, that none of us are better than another but that we're all come, we all come to the same table as brothers and sisters. But that it doesn't end with us, that we receive God's radical love so that we can give it or show it or pass it on to others as we grow together in Christ. 
You see, somewhere through the dinner party, what, is, what does Jesus end with? What does he invite this whole group? From people who were closely following him, his disciples, to people who were kind of checking him out, didn't even think that they maybe belonged, the sinners and tax collectors, to people who would end up openly opposing him, ultimately cause, causing his arrest, arrest, getting arrested and ultimately killed. This is what he says to all of them. He says, go and learn. He invites them into something. Here it is. This is the third one. Invites them to be a part of something bigger than themselves. See, whenever I picture Jesus talking to the Pharisees, I automatically think it's harsh, but I don't know if that's true here, that, that maybe what Jesus was doing was with all the people at that table is he was genuinely inviting them to come and learn to come and learn what it means that God desires mercy and not sacrifice. And then he sends people out to be a part of something bigger than themselves. This whole time we've been trying to answer one question. How does Jesus communicate the value that he sees in people? Here it is. Two things. He paused with people where they were and he pointed them to where they had yet to go. He paused with people where they were and he pointed them to where they had yet to go. Jesus paused. He slowed down. Driving 55 in the left-hand lane, he was going slow enough that he could actually see people, that he wasn't in a hurry. And when he got around them, what did he do? He suspended judgment. He gave them a new chance to choose who they wanted to be, how they wanted to live their life. And ultimately, what did he do? He pointed them in a direction that maybe they felt like they couldn't go. He sent people to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Remember the whole reason for this series, to put the microscope on how Jesus actually treated people so that it might inform, so that it might impact the way that we treat people. Pete last week encouraged our whole church to be moving towards people this summer, that it is, it's one of the busiest, most fun times of the entire year. But he encouraged us to be moving towards people, especially people who don't have a relationship with Jesus. Not as a transactional thing, not as a notch in some spiritual belt, but because God truly loves people, that he cares about them, and that the more we get to know them, the more that we get to love them. What, is, what Jesus does here with Matthew and co, every single person at every one of our campuses, we could do this too. Pause and point, slow down, suspend judgment, and invite people to be a part of something bigger. You might be saying, Evan, this is great and all, but what do I actually do? Let me give you three of the simplest points that, that, that might be helpful that I can think of. The first one is this, say no. Say no. Here's, here's what I'm not asking you to do. I'm not asking you to take your life with everything that's in it and add something on top of it. Because you and I both know we probably don't have margin for that. That most of us, if we're honest, especially after a busy weekend, are more tired, more exhausted than ever before. That we are running so fast, doing so many things, trying to fit it all in before it starts to, and I won't say that S word, snow. Like we're, we're trying to fit it all in. We're trying to have the summer of our lives but we're so tired, so exhausted. Here's what I'm telling you to do. You don't have to add in everything that you're doing. You, pro you and I will probably have to say no to something in order to create margin, in order to slow down, in order to walk, 
in order to recline, in order to see people the way that Jesus saw people. First one, say no. The second one is this. Stop policing. Stop policing and get to know. I'm going to say this in the most loving way that I can. Some of us, some of us need to give back our invisible badge. Just for a week. Some of us have taken it upon ourselves to let other people know where they stand with God. And it doesn't mean that we don't have convictions. It doesn't mean that we don't have beliefs. But some of us, just for a week, need to give back our invisible badge and pretend like God has got all of this judgment stuff covered. And my hope, my goal would be that you would use all of your remaining energy to move towards people, to love people, to listen to people, and that you and I would learn, just like Jesus invites us to, what it means that God desires mercy and not sacrifice. Say no. Stop policing. Here's the last one. Start small. Take one step. Go as a beginner. There is no pressure on a beginner. No pressure to do it all right. No pressure to not make mistakes. That if we go as a beginner, the expectations are different. This is what's so crazy about this story. How much time is there between Matthew receiving the call from Jesus to Matthew turning around and inviting other people to spend time with Jesus? Hours? Minutes? Like Matthew did not do his devotions that morning. Matthew did not sing any worship songs on the way to church. Matthew was not up to speed on his one-year Bible. He had not given anything to the poor. He hadn't done anything to fix his horrible reputation. And yet, here's the, look at what Matthew does. He receives God's radical love, and he gives it away to others. Matthew does almost immediately what so many of us put off for a lifetime. I think this is what Jesus is trying to say in not so many words. There is no such thing as ready. There's only willing. There's no such thing as qualified. There's only obedient. That you don't need any more training. You don't need to take a course. You don't need a different personality. All Jesus ends with is this. Go and learn. Some of us, you could just take what you're already good at and start there. Some of you have a talent for making things that other people can't stop eating. Start there. Some of you don't like talking to people. That's okay. We need those type of people, okay? But maybe you like to fix something or mow something or edge something. Start there. Some of you can't stop talking. Okay, start there. Some of you remember everything that anyone has ever said. You would be great at writing that down somewhere and praying for someone every day that God moves tangibly in their situation. That you and I, we don't have to be somewhere, someone else. That God can use us right where we are. That he sees potential in every single one of us. Just like Matthew. Matthew was the last recorded disciple to be welcomed into Jesus' group the last one. He was the last one, and he kind of slid in at the very end. And yet, it's his book that we just read out of. 
that Jesus saw the potential that Matthew had, that he loved him right where he was, behind his tax booth, enough to walk up to him and say, man, I wish that you would come follow me and look at what has happened. Can I just tell you, church, there is not a single person here, not a single person watching online or at any of our campuses that Jesus doesn't feel the same way about that every single one of us are where we are for a reason, that God wants to use us right where we're at, that he wants to use us with the relationships we have, with the resources that we have, with the place that we live. Wherever, wherever you're at, God can use you right there. I don't know what your next step is. Maybe it's one of these. But I would just encourage you, and what is it? What is it that God might be calling you to do? Here's what I know about most of us. Sunday in and out, most of us, our lives don't look different. That we come in and we go out the same way. Here's my hope, here's my prayer, is that God would, that you would allow God to change you in some way that all of us would walk out of here different from having spent time in God's presence. Some of you, this is, the, this is our series page, some of you should come back every single week through the series to get a picture of who Jesus is and how he interacts. This is our series page. It's allshores.org slash conversations. And you have some tools here. This is a neighborhood map that you can write in your neighbor, neighbor's names and be praying for them. This is a, a bless and a frank plan where you can both figure out who you're praying for and also what to actually do, how to love them, how to bless them, that, that you don't have to rewrite the script. You don't have to um, figure it out by yourself. We have resources and people that would love to come alongside you as you do this. Maybe, maybe you would come to the journey. The journey is a brand new, a brand new um, assimilation process that we started here this year. And they're, they're actually finishing up step one right behind me right now. That it happens every, you know, every week of the month. Step two is next week at the 11 o'clock service. And it is designed to help people take steps from where they are to where God wants them to be. And we're, it, we're not doing it for you that, you, that you would have a plan in place, knowing what you need to do to move closer to where God wants you to be. That if you're new at our church, if you're, if you're relatively new, if you've been here for the last you know, year or under, we would love to come alongside you. If you're asking questions about who All Shores is and where your place is in it, we, you don't have to do that alone. We would love to help you. Last one, you heard it on the front end, the Global Leadership Summit. I have had multiple life-changing experiences at the Global Leadership Summit. The first time that I went was 2015. And every time I go, I feel like God gives me something that I didn't have before. Some of you don't see yourself as leaders, and can I just encourage you? That's why you need to find some way, somehow, to come join us. We'll have um, people from all over West Michigan, church leaders, business leaders, um, when it, Pastor Craig Rochelle says it. He says, when a leader gets better, we all get better. Everyone wins. Man, would you come and join us? For the next two weeks, you can go to allshores.org slash GLS. For the next two weeks, the tickets are going to be lower than they'll ever be going forward. We would love to have you join us. I don't know what your next step is. But I know that the Holy Spirit would love a chance to clarify it for you. And so let's just take a moment. If, if with heads bowed and eyes closed, if we would just pray together. God, we look to you today. Jesus, we're so thankful for spending time in your presence. We're, th we're so thankful for your word. We're so thankful for your example.
that you aren't hurrying on to, to better things, that you aren't hurrying on to bigger opportunities, but that you pick us out in the crowd, that you see us behind our desk, that you come up to us and that you speak life. That it's not just about keeping it all within ourselves, but you wanna use us to the relationships that we have, not the circles that we don't run in, but to the relationships that we already have, that you can use us to slow down, to suspend judgment, to invite people to be a part of something bigger, that, that we can all pause and point people to where you're leading them. So I just pray for every single person under the sound of my voice that you would clarify what you're wanting them to do from this moment. God, I continue to pray, maybe for someone who, when they walked in or when you flipped on the laptop this morning, that you would say, I don't know what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe sometime throughout today, something has been stirring in you that if, if that's the picture of Jesus, if that's who he really is, that you would want to be in a relationship with him. And I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. But with every head bow and eye close, I just want to know who to pray for. And so if you would just, if you want to make that decision today, if you would just slip your hand up, I would love to pray for you. pray this in your own words. Just say, Jesus, I hear you. I hear you calling to me. God, I receive your mercy. Something I didn't deserve, something that's not fair, but I receive your gift of forgiveness. Pray that you would make me new, that you would wash me clean, and that you would actually give me a heart that wants to follow you that your spirit would come inside of my spirit, that I would be drawn to you, and that you would help me live a life worthy of the calling that I've received. We pray all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen, amen and amen. So good to be with you today. We're actually going to, I'm going to have you stand and we're going to sing in response to how good God is. So join us, join us now as we sing together. There's a grace when the heart is under fire Another way when the walls are closing in and When I look at the space between Where I used to be and this reckoning Oh, I know I will never be alone There was another in the fire Standing next to me was another in the waters, holding back the seas. Should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free? There is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There is another in the fire.
scripture there was a place where Jesus calls his disciples to him again for the last time and that's what we celebrate every Sunday it's called communion you should have gotten a little cup with juice on the way in if you didn't you can grab one right outside but we remember that on the night that Jesus was betrayed he gathered his disciples and he he took bread and he broke it And he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we do that together today. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is my new blood of a new covenant shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink of this, all of you, in remembrance of me. And so we do that together as well. Let's finish this song together, and then I'll come back up. There's no other name. There is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come on, may in the space between all the things and see in this reckoning oh i know i will never be
to spend time together today so good to be together i just want to say if you took if you took a step um, today during service or you want to take a step in any way just let us know on that connection card whether it's a physical one at our connection point out in the lobby or whether it's um, that qr code or allshores.org we would love as your church family to come alongside you and help i'd love to end by giving you a benediction so if you would just spread out your hands May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, may he go with you. May his presence go before you. And may you know more than any other day that you are not alone. In the name of our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We love you, church. We'll see you next week.